Sentire Media All right, we're hot. Buttons pushed. There we go. Podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. That's Ashley sitting across from me. Ciao. It, it is the 10th of May. It is go time. A very rare evening podcast. Whoa, it's late. It's late. It's 7.30 in the evening on a drizzly, warm spring, beautiful spring evening here in the Italian countryside. We are bringing the energy. We're bringing the funk. Tennis on Tuesdays. Tennis on Tuesdays. All right. Um, We're doing the podcast at night and in the rain because we can't do the outside projects um, since it's raining. And we've gotten a good jump on the inside ones for today and calling it. Let's be honest. This is a procrastination. Which is hysterical because today is the 10th and we do not have the time to. Procrastination time is over. We sat on our. We do this. Every I love it. Year. I love it. I love the pressure. Every I, February we say, "Oh, we should we should get on it." So we're not rushing at the end. Now, if we have like the whole house to paint when we've done that, we do that. Those projects. Those big projects, we're not retarded. But flipping the house, like flipping it from winter to spring. Exactly. And uh, just some of the touch-up paint and stuff that could have been done in February, was it? No. no. So secret. So not we so secretly. We just got fatter. We must really like the pressure. I was talking to younger. my girlfriend, and she was like, "Listen, you guys have been doing this for so long. You m- and you do this all the time. You must thrive on it." And it was such an interesting word to use. And when I said it to Jason, he kind of lit up and was like, "I think she's right." <laughs> I like it. I like that because we need the pressure. It, well, it's hard for me to have the same drive. It's not like we sat on our asses and actually did nothing, but you just don't have that motivation in a February that you do in may that there's no deadline it's there's always tomorrow in february mm-hmm. um, there's always may <laughs> now there's no tomorrow there is no tomorrow it oh, has to be done today we have um a i don't know intern stage um a guy coming to stay with us we'll talk more about it later um for a few months and it's hilarious i'm sure his parents are listening ciao paul and renato um we keep saying jason keeps saying um what about this project what about that project so and my just response is always totally that's a great one for josh to do that's a josh project it's like ashley how (laughs) how many things do you think this kid's gonna just come here and do and wave a wand it's like no 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 now it's just become my default answer for everything we'll love josh do it (laughs) josh (laughs) poor kid kid. oh my god anyway um what has been going on though we have to say a huge at the top of the podcast thank you you know you know who you are yeah to all of you guys who responded to our super boring um, last podcast request about getting the internet throughout the house. The internet, the, the system is figured out. The parts are, uh, we have about. So tell the, the people who actually cared and responded, what did, what system did you go with? Because there was a lot of suggestions to do power line no, versus the coax. That. I didn't do the power. We went, so we went, so we did the deco system. We didn't trust the power lo- our, I, our power. I, yeah, I just didn't want to mess with it. The coax works. So we, we did, we, I talked about this in the last podcast real quick. We have TV, satellite, coax throughout the entire house. It's all wired. There's multiple jacks in, 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 the, in the apartment. I got to back it up. Set the stage if someone's new. We live in a 
super old, 300-year-old plus stone farmhouse. All stone walls. With water, but waters, walls that are thick. Incredibly thick. Very, very thick at the be- at the bottom, and then they get a little bit thinner. But still, Wi-Fi doesn't Meter. love to pass through it at all. So in the really dead spots, we've run, we've used these coax, or sorry, these um, uh, transform, what's a good word The Mocha for? adapter? Mocha adapter, thank you. It takes the signal from the, from the DSL and turns it into, and puts it over the uh, TV slash satellite wire. And then in the rooms, you have another one of these adapters, and then it turns it back in into the regular signal so you could plug it into the the mesh mesh systems um yeah even for an idiot like me i thought we were gonna have to like do figure out um like subnet masks and dns servers servers. and all that no plug and play super awesome incredible thank you very much it's uh, elon musk and the internet so much faster oh Oh my god starlink's starlink's awesome so it's all coming together that's i feel like our uh quietly big upgrade for the guests is now the point was so in every bed you could get internet internet, and that was not ever the case no Or if you did have it in your bed. You were somehow lucky. You were lucky and it was not no. usable, not with when everyone's here. So that's that's taken care of. Um spring is here. The last week was beautiful. This week's a little rainy, but we need the rain oh, anyway. I like it. Um, gardens, gardens ready. My rows are in. Uh, I've planted God, potatoes. God, chomping at the oh, bit. Man. I planted potatoes. I've, um, the fava beans are flowering. Uh, we've planted corn. some onions. We planted corn the other day. Ashley's got all her little stuff planted, like the radishes and the lettuces and all and that I stuff. And I have, I planted yesterday carrots and beets before the rain. Carrots, beets, radishes are uh-huh. in. Um, that kind of, and we're just waiting for probably the second half of the month and then the bulk of, bulk of everything. The greenhouse is full and I can't wait to stop having to. And the pigs are getting fatter and fatter. Yeah. How do we weigh them? You, um, what do you, how do you figure that out? Uh, most, most to, like adjust their feed. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, like, um, what's his name? Um, Roberto, oh. he has a pig scale. He's got a scale that you off the back of their stall that you guide them into and oh we don't have one of those no we do not whatever they're bigger we'll just keep up in the dosage they're fun um they're really really not that big of a deal they poop in all one they poop in one spot which is great um so you can clean it up really easy i'm going to try to compost it we'll see pig poops is real hot real um uh uh hot in uh, what's how would you explain hot not acidic no it burns you yeah. have to like really break it down you have uh-huh. to really compost it so that's another one for josh josh is gonna get to pick <laughs> up all the pig shit and put it into a pile at the bottom See? of the garden it's so much fun just saying josh will do it oh my gosh uh, other than that we're uh, with um all of the spring cleaning and getting all these projects done a huge thing that we did Sometimes you have to think outside the box. We're always struggling with storage here in this house. There's no, uh, there's not a single closet. We took an old, an outdoor bathroom and made it, there was two bathrooms. We made one into a storage area. We've taken the downstairs apartment, ground floor apartment and turned that into storage areas. Oh yeah, Josh, Josh, half your room, (laughs) the front part of your room is storage and the washing machine. There you go, bud. But the bed will be good. I've built a couple of things. And you'll have a great shower. (laughs) Um, And and so we were always talking about building a barn or getting a cargo container or doing a shed something. But I built built two sheds. Yes, but not for like No, that's for for like lawnmowers Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so 
then because we always think with this crazy Texas brain, even though neither one of us are from there, like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden this like shed turns into a $50,000 barn. <laughs> if you're lucky, it was 50 grand. Our, my thing turned into half a giant, giant barn. <laughs> The first half. Wait, back into the woods where we have to like build part of a road yeah, or yeah, fix yeah. part the of first, a road. The front half was going to be for the animals and the hay and all that stuff. And the back half was going to be like a shop and a tractor. And then I wanted another milking you wanted station. And I wanted three, I want three phase 400 volt electricity pulled there. But because of where it's located in a really great secluded spot behind the house that no one ever, it's this great spot, totally flat. Um, tucked away, but it would also mean we need like a little four wheeler to like get back and yeah, forth. Yeah, you would have to have some kind yeah, of vehicle. So this oh, just, oh the, it keeps adding up. Oh, the money pit would be amazing. So then one morning we were procrastinating to talking about this to just going, oh, what are we going to do? And um, this was in like February, March. This was in like March. Yeah, because and we were screwed. We had nowhere to put, we really don't have anywhere to flip everything from winter to we just kind of pile it up in well, our place anyway long story short we are now living this sweet 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 warehouse life Ashley. so i went i was tasked with uh finding storage and oh my gosh i went and talked to everyone around but just if you're living in italy and you need storage and you're in a rural place like we are and there's no you know just if we just had a used storage hall space that's what we were talking about all of a sudden and some people have garages that they rent out some people have extra space you never know so i was asking a bunch of people and um finally we were remembering the old mechanics shop that he had closed up years ago but no one had moved in so i drove up to it sure enough there's a phone number and i call and i couldn't believe it because someone answered and not only did he answer but he said he could meet me that afternoon and i was just like this is unbelievable well i was trying to play hardball but i showed my hands right away because i was like well you might not be in a hurry but i am (laughs) ashley opened up her negotiating with i am Extremely desperate. Yeah. <laughs> so I then, threw all then, my cards. Then I'm I wanted extremely to play desperate. hardball. I want a discount. Yeah, then I wanted to negotiate. Um, we worked out a deal. And so we have a chunk of space in what was like the back whole area of this big warehouse. So for all of the equipment and garage stuff can go in there. And then we have the whole office, um, a big like six meter by six meter or so space that is um, – totally sealed off to put all like the winter clothes christmas decorations all that shit so it's finally awesome. oh, oh my okay, god let's, it felt let's like talk a, let's talk oh, about sliding that wait a second too they he said just make sure there's nothing of too much value in here and i said whoa 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 we got baseball cards <laughs> i don't know if anyone should know about it <laughs> There's something about sliding that big accordion door open, driving oh driving your car into the building, the smooth concrete I floor. I the office space. It wasn't terrible. It, it was. It had already been like painted and stuff. I just needed to do cobwebs and and scrub the floor and that kind of thing. But I had the music playing, and I was just by myself in the warehouse. I was getting to know the other warehouse guys on the other side, putting out the vibe. Like, hey, what's going on? Smell, what, what, what do you got in your warehouse? I love the smell. The My smell, grandpa. Both of my grandpas had garages. It's a mix of diesel oil, diesel fuel oil, and like dust and dirt. Both of my grandpas had um, gas stations and garages and workshops like this. It's so the greasy, oily. I love it. I could live in a warehouse. (laughs) 
not one of those, but just I. Just, well, anyway, I dig it. I'm if, loving it. If you're stuck on storage, go down to the industrial zone. Maybe that check was the other out, thing. Maybe I check the out the zone. Mm-hmm. check out a warehouse. You never know who's got space to share. That was it. He just <laughs> humble brag. Humble uh, brag. Uh, yep. So living that high life, that warehouse life. Um, other stuff going on. You were doing the project with the sinks. Thinking this would be a simple oh, this goddamn three house. euro per sink project. So the, the, the drains in the sinks in some of the apartments, the the chromed part starts to kind of like the chrome starts chipping off. It just kind of starts looking dingy and old. So I was like, oh, that's an easy fix. I'll just go down. I'll just unscrew the bottom part and throw new ones on and put it back on. Holy shit. Every <sighs> single this no one's touched these pipes and he goes downstairs after working out and he goes, uh hey Ash, is this normal? The pipes disintegrate. so like <laughs> when I go to every single pipe is hardened from calcium. So you have to like decalcify each joint and get them off. And then once I do get them off, the the parts of the pipes are just on the inside are just the metal is disintegrating into into nothingness. So if you is that t- even corroded, or is that just yeah, I guess like it's corrosion from all of the no, minerals? We have, we have super hard water, mm-hmm. so basically, anytime I go to touch a shower, a bathroom, a bidet, or a sink, I have to change everything f- except the porcelain. I know because this was supposed to be just a, like a couple buck fix of like some little touches that just a the inlet valves, <sighs> the 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 little flexible tubes the all the joints to make everything the u joint or the whatever the um what do you call the u part the p tube no p trap no oh, it's no. the uh whatever the the part where if you drop your ring down you'll find it yep everyone at home is shouting it out exactly probably <laughs> that part just all corroded it like ever it's like ah to the wall to the from the wall from the inlet valve from the wall valves so that's fun yeah that's fun stuff too good times uh-huh good times so you, that's the, that is actually lesson learned uh for anyone listening that we don't ever obviously do ourselves but that is the danger of waiting till the last minute to do projects and shit. Because every, we know we can get shit done because we've done it year after year. If it's year. just cleaning and setting up uh-huh, and arranging. And in a few projects. Okay. But if when you start snags, digging yeah. and that's the thing. You thought it's just a little simple <laughs> drain cover replacement. And then it's like, oh, my God. Don't touch another. Goddamn. <laughs> There are two. Anything. There are two that are really bad that I'll change, and after that, I can't. I can't redo the sinks in like, all the rooms. It's like don't lift the skirt, no. <laughs> or what is that called? But look behind the curtain, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, these old houses. Oh, oh, another, another interesting find after all these years. I found out yesterday. Oh my god, this is hilarious. I never it's called sixteen the, years in the house. Has it been sixteen years? Yeah, yeah. Remember, um, keep in mind. Go ahead. Call, finally called an electrician. My my convection oven just crapped out. It's not worth fixing. So well, we put it through the. We right put now. yeah. It's, we really we got our money's I mean, worth. It's yeah. time for a new convection oven. Anyway, so I'm looking at uh, different convection ovens, and I'm realizing that the draw for a professional oven obviously is not. Uh, made for a home environment. It, it just draws too much power. You need its own circuit and everything. So I finally call an electrician out to talk about the actual like power draw coming here. Come to find out, I have three-phase power in, in the panel in the kitchen and in the panel underneath the outdoor kitchen. This discovery 
in year 16 has actually saved us tons of money because throughout the years, Jason will go, if, oh, I if only we had three phase, I'd get this super hardcore thing. And now I think, oh my God, it's been here the whole time. If only we had three, because all the good, all the more real powerful industrial not even industrial but professional equipment whether it be for uh woodworking or the kitchen or anything that has a has a real motor in it is three phase here it's three phase 400 volt it might be three phase two something in in the in north america um i got it (laughs) i've got it well hilarious just like the septic tank issues some of them we had with our landlord's brother <laughs> alessandro being so 100 percent certain about everything that he was then wrong about he was the one who was 100 percent certain and told us on day one no no no, we've set it up but we never pulled the line there's no there's three no phase, phase. but I would there see if you it, ever want it i would see it on our bill it would say three it would say in Italian, the equivalent of three-phase 400 volt and showing that we didn't take any of it. But showing that we did have it here, which I don't understand how it works. The electrician was talking to me about how the three-phase comes in and then they separate the phases and make it into single phase at the main box. Okay, whatever. I don't understand that. All I know is that he said it's not a problem to take all three of the wires and run it to an industrial plug for a real oven. Hot damn, we're Hot cooking now. Damn. Yep. So we're we're looking at vapor combi ovens. We're getting into. Um, oh, here's another. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, in order to get any kind of vapor in an... Does anyone care about this? I don't know. Go for it for a minute. Okay. <laughs> you you want to go get an oven. You want to get this professional piece of equipment. But it's not just buying the piece of equipment. Because now you have to hire an electrician to put in the correct plug and line. Okay, that's one thing. Then you find out, oh, well, it's a mix vapor, steam, and um, convection oven. Great. That's awesome. I I have water and a... Um, drain right next to where it's going to go. However, the water needs to be purified. It can't have any calcium. It can't have any uh, any even particulates in it. Nothing because it'll build up inside of the boiler of the oven and break it. In fact, if you do not have uh, this ex- super expensive reverse osmosis filter... <laughs> <laughs> Then your vo- your warranty is voided for the oven. So the os- like the reverse osmosis filter is like twelve hundred bucks or something just for this oven. And so then Jason was like, "Well, if we're gonna do that, shouldn't we get it for like the whole house?" And then it's like, "Well, wait, I was just gonna buy an oven this weekend. Now I've got to research now. <laughs> I, now I filtering I went, for the house. I went first. from getting a just a replacement <laughs> normal two hundred and twenty volt regular oven to. <laughs> Three phase and putting reverse osmosis in the house. This is the Texas mentality I'm talking about. So none of that's going to happen. We're we're way too far. I, I said no. It's get this is getting out of control. Oh I just ordered God. a regular oven to replace it, and we'll put something in fun at another time. Speaking of fun, we have a new menu item added to our desserts, and it's called gelato. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We finally got ourselves we a gelato got a, machine. A gelato machine. I'm practicing. I'm doing the different uh, bases, figure, learning all about the bases of gelato. Not like the store bought bases, but uh, you, there are basically for uh, two white 
bases cre- uh, for gelato, one with milk and one with uh, more like a custard. Um, and there are certain things you have to add to this base that uh, makes it so that the gelato stays creamy in your mouth and that when it uh, – as it comes uh, from the freezer, it doesn't go from a solid block to a pool of milk and cream. It's got it's it's not a stabilizer, but you can get things like dextrose, which sounds like a chemical, but it's not. It just uh, it's a ty- it's a sugar derivative that um, allows you to make the gelato colder, so it can ha- be creamier and softer. Powdered milk. Powdered milk, uh, which will absorb some of the water that's in the like uh, fruits or other things. Anything uh, the milk and the fruits, because water will make crystals, so the powdered milk grabs on to the water that's free in there. Also, things like carob. Do you remember carob? Those disgusting chips. That was chips. like hippie chocolate. Hippie chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So carob seed. I grew, I, was, I grew up in Ballard in Seattle. Oh, I know man, my, carob. Oh, car- <laughs> you'd think it's chocolate, and then you'd be like, what? Like, oh, oh. That's disappointing. Uh, <laughs> carob flour or guar gum, guar seed flour. These two things also are used in gelato making that are totally natural that uh, also make uh, uh, get some of the water out of it. There's a couple of other things, but um, you can absolutely just make it with milk, cream, sugar, and flavor. However, if you want to keep it in the freezer and you don't want it to be an icy mess or you want it to be scoopable and not... Here's what happens. The outside starts to frosting first. And it gets all soft, and the inside stays rock hard, and you can't scoop it. And the, the, it just starts spinning in its container. So if you put some of these additives in there, well, we'll call them additives, ingredients. They're not really mm-hmm. artificial. Uh, it helps with the mouthfeel and the texture. Well, we are very lucky because some of our dearest friends are Paula and Antonio from Maquis, Maquis in Fano. And we've talked about them a million <laughs> times, but um, thankfully... We can ask them a million questions and stuff, too, or get some hints and tips and whatnot. Yeah, I'm making tiny amounts. They make it on, on a more of a... Oh, there's no competition. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Not at all. We don't even serve guests to outside... Dinner to outside guests. No, but I, I really find... I find this very interesting, just like bread baking, because it's the I know same you do. I can thing. Tell. It's a formula. It's the fats and the sugars and the water. And getting and the, the balance. Getting the and... balance of all of them, and you set it up the same way with a table, just like you set up bread in a table, and you fill mm-hmm. in your ingredients. Um, I, I think I could get into it. Because mm-hmm. you can't... Oh, you can bake bread. I cannot do bread in the summer. No. It's too hot. Also, we just need another... We need um, another oven. We need a deck. We need a deck oven. There you go. <laughs> God, oh my God. <laughs> oh, any other things going around on on around here? Uh, let's see. Oh, big news in town. They finished one side of the bridge <laughs> that they're repairing. That goddamn bridge. And they've switched to the other lane, so we're getting closer. They said June, and I think that they're probably right. It's a. It's. One stoplight has thrown everyone's world into an absolute goddamn <laughs> chaos. Tough times in small town Italy, I'll tell you that. Uh, t- uh, let's other things. Oh yes, so we go on walks with this with this beast of a dog every morning, and I like the early morning walks because I am a morning person. So I want to get up and go, and especially as it gets warmer and warmer in the mornings, no one wants to walk at nine o'clock because the heat of the day is already there. No, you guys are out of here by six thirty-seven. Not 6:45. seven. Six seven's late. 
It's going to be in the fives once the heat of the summer comes. Anyway, I... Poor Leroy. <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the other day we were going and I saw a... Uh, we talked about... I think we talked about it on the podcast, no? The um, Isterche, um, um porcupine? porcupine, who was out late partying and the sun was just coming up and he was still out, like, sniffing around. And I saw him on the other side of bridge, maybe 100 meters away, like, like over in the side, how they do their porcupine thing. So I went, okay, let's walk the other way. I don't want to screw with a porcupine. But it got me thinking about animals, how many animals we've seen over the years. Our wild animal encounters. Wild animal encounters. Now that we have a dog and we're going to, uh, he sniffs I'm out I'm always animals. nervous about the boar first thing in the morning if I take the early morning walk. Because we'll go in deep into the woods or he'll go and check out places where they go and root and then or one time it was like fresh tracks of mud and i was like oh my god i kept making crazy noises in the woods um i'm not worried about boar i'm more worried about things like porcupines and snakes oh for him for the dog well i thought it'd be fun to tell some of our um hilarious past <laughs> wild animal encounters so what am I, you should want- I start off? Sure. Okay. The very first one I can remember is the barking male roe deer. Yeah. The very first spring we were here, the what? male... Like, that was even earlier. No, it's spring. They okay. don't bark in winter. They okay. bark like now. They've just started again. Um, they do this really... Um, I can do it. Do it. What about the mic? Well, just don't hold it up. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> oh, his head perked up. <laughs> So the ma- they're, they're you're welcome, folks. They're begin- they're looking for their lady friends, and they'll do this at dusk and dawn at all the time. And it sounds since they're up higher uh, ab- above the house in the hills a little bit, it sounds they're like they're close. It sounds like they're right next to you because mm-hmm. there's nothing. The dog goes absolutely apeshit. Um, but that the first that first spring we were here, we had no. We would sit up at night because there was no TV, there was no internet, there was nothing here. Just listening to that, thinking, we "What? No- <laughs> what the hell is that? What is dying? What is being killed?" We had old Northern exposure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only DVD set we had in like Arrested Development. Oh my gosh! And we did. We thought, "Is something dying out there? What is going on?" And I remember <laughs> a similar story with a guest who was a real douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> He was by himself, and he came on a motorcycle, and he went up to the woods and was going to ride his motorcycle up to the top of this hill. But it was not a motocross motorbike. It was like like the road. It's for the road. And I thought, what the hell is this guy doing? Anyway, so he went up there, and he comes back, and he was like telling me about the bike and struggling, getting it up the hill. And then he thought he was going to have to wrestle a boar because he heard him uh, making all this noise. And I said... Did it sound like this? And I did the bark, the deer bark. And he goes, that was exactly it. And I said, oh, <laughs> that was no boar. That was a deer looking to mate with you. <laughs> but the, it just is so loud. It sounds so close. But the deer, that was definitely the first one. Also, because I remember that <laughs> we were so scared our first winter here that we were terrified that we were going to get like, just like in all those stupid, scary movies, it starts with dumb young people in the woods from the city. And that was us with my sister here too. And we'd be nervous to go outside and think there was going to be some psycho killer or something. And like coming out of the woods, some Jason thing. And then finally Jason was like, Oh no. Um, it would be an animal that's going to attack you. There's no one out here. And then we were like, Oh shit. 
there's the animals, but they're not always terribly scary. But we had the fox that lived in our house. Uh, we I woke up this uh, one morning, four o'clock, to go use the bathroom, go pee, and I go into the bathroom and standing on the toilet because we leave the. It was hot. It was the summer. We leave the bathroom window open, which is on the ground floor. Is a fox occupado? Occupado. <laughs> she like, comes upstairs. I just turn around and just walk out because like, <laughs> there's a toilet or there's a fox on the toilet. We then discovered that this fox had been living in our place underneath a dresser and we just thought it was one of the cats it would come in through the window at night and we'd hear like the hissing but we thought it was just we've got a bunch of cats and we thought who knows i don't know they're not getting along oh no it was a baby fox living in there and then jason really went to go after it with a bat and i was like what the he hell was are gone. you he gonna do off. he took off but i thought it was the most hilarious thing what are you gonna do with a bat um let's see i saw a hawk a falcon whatever bird of prey pick up one of our chickens mm-hmm. and try to fly away with it that was pretty amazing that was more like that one got me the most because not or that was one of the most impressive ones because when that bird flapped his wings twice and tried to pick up that chicken it was like Oh my God! That's well, then you just think, poor chickens. There are monsters from the sky. I know. Then we realize that's where they're. That's why they keep hiding out in the outdoor kitchen, under cover. We thought it was like rain or weather or wind. No, no, no. They're being picked off one by one from the sky. So that that was a good one. Um, one of our first summers, one evening, we heard a bunch of barking dogs, and out of the backwoods come a pack of marame mara- I, I, I can never say, say it right the either. word. The big fluffy white uh, livestock. Uh, live, they're not hers. They're oh, guard dogs. You're right. Livestock you're right. guard dogs. About eight or ten of them. Like the whole, the mama, the papa, the whole thing. It was eerie. It was weird. They all came up and started barking, and we started banging like pots and pans and stuff, and. Uh, it was like, oh, my God. They got loose from – now and we know whose who's pack they are. They live at a place up uh, on top – at the beginning of the valley up top. But of, they made some serious distance. They did make some serious distance. And they are – they are – when they're puppies, they're gorgeous puppies. They are they like look, little fluff balls. Yeah, they look like polar – like baby mm-hmm. polar bears. It's just a black – two black eyes and a, bla- and a black nose and white. And then they grow up to be – fluffy monsters terrifying they're terrifying that they're the same group live herd or what do you call it um go a pack pack thank you that live up on this hill um sometimes i'm i will be nervous to drive through like if i've because they come in and surround the car they're more bark than bite those true but if you do come upon them just turn around and walk away they don't chase you they want to guard the livestock and they want to guard. If you just continue walking and don't make eye contact, like either turn around and walk away or walk at a 45 away from them, they're fine. They don't run you down and eat you. They, their bark is impressive, though. I remember one time coming back from the neighbor's house, Carolyn and Luke's down the road, and there's a part where it's in the summer, the windows are down, and there's the trees are covering over the road, and it's all so pretty, and all of a sudden, whoosh, on the windshield flops this, I, I don't know how big it was, but we're going to call it a huge snake. <laughs> and I was like, ah! 
and all of a sudden, what did I first do? The worst thing you could possibly do. I hit the windshield wipers. And then my next flash thought moment was, oh my God, what if they find me at the bottom of a, the ravine? A snake bites and was strangled by a snake because I hit the windshield wipers and I brought it into the car myself because the windows were down. And I thought, what? Oh my God. That one freaked me out because thankfully that it slid off the car. It was no harm, no foul, but it really freaked me out. Um, I've seen a lot. Yeah. I've seen a lot going down the road. I've been buzzed by owls and, and all that kind of stuff. We've, uh, uh, you saw them in the morning. I then one morning, this was many years. Well, every year they talk, all the locals talk about th- there's wolves there. There are a pack of wolves and they're destroying wildlife everywhere. Did you hear the pack of wolves? Did you hear about there's wolves? Uh, on account you, of the wolves. On account, we don't go out at night on account <laughs> of the wolves. Um, never saw a wolf in all the years that all I heard all the uh, bar chit chat about it, except one morning. Goddamn, going at, in the autumn, going at seven thirty in the morning, hauling ass down the road, trying to get get to the grocery store because I have a cooking class, and I see a pack of what look like from afar German shepherds, same coloring, kind of same look. I thought. What the hell are seven, like six or seven German shepherds doing out here? And then as I get closer up to them, it's like, whoa, those are skinny, tall German shepherds. And then I stop the car because they all are looking at me. And I thought, oh, shit, there's the pack of wolves. (laughs) And that is only, we are a kilometer away from the house. So uh, they were living on the hill, Monte Rupert. Yeah, they would they would howl at night. We would hear them. I was I thought we would get kidnapped by them, possibly like because we would (laughs) little red riding hood, hundred percent. Because during that time, we would go back and forth during the winter between the main house and our little house a lot. And I always thought the smells of the kitchen and bringing the food back and forth was going to attract them, and that they were going to try to pick me off one by one as I'm like walking over to our place and I mentioned it to someone locally and they thought it was hilarious because they said they'll never get that close we're way too loud to the house That's true. but um other wrapping it up fun ones like one year we had a porcupine who would come by and walk along the fence or uh, the the uh, bush line every night between 7 45 and 8 it was hysterical you'd I'd go out there every night, uh-huh. and he'd, I'd come on, get out of here. His big butt. And he'd walk along the bushes into the night and kind of take off. Um, lots of bugs and critters oh, and crawlers. One of my and- favorites was a freak out of going down to the chicken coop. This was um, a year or two ago. And seeing one of the hens, like, in a weird position as I got closer, and I thought, what's going on? This is really weird. And then realized, oh, fantastic. Start the day with a headless hen. Oh, yeah, weasel. But then I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? She's in the inner coop. How did this happen? So I get the other chickens out, and I'm terrified to go in there because it's like something ate the head off of this hen, and it's in here. And so all the other hens scooted out, and then I'm, like, sneaking around, and then there's not much space. There's nowhere for it to really be. And then I look between, there's this one little part where there's the brick wall and then the fence on the outside and a little bit of space. And sure enough, I look down and these two big fucking eyes are looking up at me and I was like, holy shit. And I, cause I didn't know if it would jump and spring at me or what. And I run inside and I'm like, Jason. And I locked it in there. And then this is where the story gets hilarious <laughs> because oh, 
wait, this was before we were citizens and you couldn't have a gun. Well, you couldn't have like proper uh, bullets and all of this. And we just had an air rifle. And um, Jason took it down there and was trying so hard to shoot it. And it was just, it took like a hundred. That won't kill a weasel. No. And you're doing it through the fence because you didn't want to go in there either. I had no idea how to get this weasel out of here. I'm not going to let it eat the rest of my chickens. I'm not going in there and picking it up, relocating it. I'm relocating it to hell. It ate all. It ate two chicken heads. No, that one was hilarious. Um, um, lately, we've had some dead animal encounters with Leroy, and he's got a little something called stolen valor. Leroy likes to find things and then claim them as he was the one who made the kill. Supposedly, the wolves are back, and there's <laughs> been some dead deer out, and he's found some different body parts on these walks. He will. Gr- he will come across the carcass of the animal that has been mauled by a pack of wolves and then also ps what's been left behind by every other yeah no no other animals no one else wants this stuff he found a a a hoof the other day like the the and he prances around with that thing like he made the kill like ta-da meanwhile when we go on our walks we see four deer a hundred meters away eating he watches them bounce away and then hides behind me once they bounce away then he gets all excited like he's a tough guy and follows the smell. Yeah. I saw him freak out because a bush brushed up against him weird on a walk. Like, he's not the... It's just, it's the, it's the... Um... <laughs> it's the studio tough guy attitude that's it's, hilarious. Yeah, and it's just hysterical because he's, gig- he's a gigantic dog. So it's just kind of the... Uh... I don't know what the word is. It's 8.15 and my brain is melting. Well, I think we've gone on and I on I think so, now. too. Um, that was fun. <laughs> Should we talk with an NPR voice? All right. Next thing coming up. We have uh, just a few more days. No, I don't even want to tell you how many days. If you saw the state of this house and I told you how many days there were until the first guest or The first guest could arrived. be listening. It's doing great, guys. We're doing great. We have great. a lot of work. We don't have an hour to sit on our ass and talk into microphones. Yet we have. And thank you very much for listening. Do you have anything else to say? Because I got to go close up the I got to go close up mine. Check out the website for the Taste of Lamarque three-night uh, workshop. In We have a couple dates left at the end of July in mid-August. If anyone is interested, we'd love to have you come out. Very good. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.